In our tech conversation feature tonight, we're going to focus on uh, a couple of stories. One of them is uh, the Facebook lawsuit accused of discriminating against African users. And uh, we'll also touch on the latest regarding Twitter. And uh, the other story will tell you about it. But joining me is uh, on the line. Wesley Dipoko is uh, editor at large at Fast Company South Africa. Hi, Leslie. Hi, Latemba. Good to be here. I'm looking forward to have this conversation with you. Yeah, you're gonna, you know, because Mina, I'm, I'm uh, not high tech like you, so <laughs> you're gonna explain a lot of things. Mina, I just wanna use yes. my phone and Facebook, send a message or post or whatever the case may be. So yeah, some yeah. of these things, you know, they need someone like you who understands how they operate. Now, the, you know, he, Facebook is, is facing a lawsuit. Maybe to tell us exactly the details of this lawsuit because this is out of Kenya. Yeah, so the, maybe let me give you a little bit of background to why this is happening now. Mm. And and also maybe also to point out maybe later on that how significant this is. So essentially on Facebook people post content. Yes. Um and and uh, in some places uh, this content can have um impact on, so- on on society in the real world. In other words, what happens on Facebook or what gets said on Facebook can have written written effect in as far as what people do. So, for instance, if there's misinformation that is shared, um, some of those things can lead to people fighting, people get killed, mm. and those kind of things. Mm. Yeah. So, this is what has happened uh, recently, and uh, uh, particularly in the African continent, Ethiopia, uh, you know, you know, in Kenya, we've seen uh, uh, things of that nature. So, essentially, Facebook, what what Facebook does, or what Facebook should be doing, is to monitor content in such a way that they know when things will have an effect that will lead to bad consequences in the real world. And they have monitors uh, in Europe and other parts of the world. What is happening now is that the part of this lawsuit um, is related to an outcome that has led to people being killed. One. Being killed. Oof. It also, and, and the concern here is that and, and very little is done to monitor content in the African continent. And when it's done, it's not done effectively. You know, you think of uh, language, for instance. Um, one of the challenges that uh, social platforms have is that they don't have people in the African continent who understand all languages that are spoken in the continent. And therefore that naturally leads to a situation where they can't really monitor everything, you know. So that's a background to, to what has happened so far. And it's a challenge for social media platforms across the board. But what, Wesley, what happens when, for instance, the, uh, somebody tags me on a post that I feel is offensive or whatever the case may be or discriminatory or... Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. I report it to Twitter. I mean, I mean to Facebook. To Facebook yeah. Is that so, the the end of it? No, no, no. So there, there are people who actually go through that content and they make a decision um, to either remove it or to leave it as if they feel that whatever that raised is an issue or not. 
Um, who make who makes the decision? These are obviously Facebook employees who are then employed to monitor that particular area. For instance, do we have yeah. those in South Africa? So, so essentially, what I understand is that there's people contracted to do this work on behalf of Facebook. Uh-huh. Um, so, so that I think uh, that's part of the challenge as well is that in, in some instances, these people are not necessarily part and parcel of the organisation itself, but they are contracted to do this work. Um, so, but I think part of your question is that these are human beings who actually have to look at this, and that's one of the issues that's been raised in the past is that people have to look at gruesome content sometimes, you know, mm. then decide to remove uh, that type of content. And and the, the decision of whether they, uh, they agree with the content or from the yeah. complainant, whether it's offensive or not, is also subjective? Yes. Uh, however, you know, they tend to obviously consider situations in that particular region, um, for instance, in, in, in some places where they know that certain language could lead to uh, like some conflict, then they would take that into account. But yes, I think part, part of what you're saying that, yes, I think these decisions are left to human beings, and this is one of the reasons, at least in some social media platforms, there's been calls for these decisions to be almost automated, so the computer would be fed information about what it ought to remove, and based on whatever that's been, content that's been posted, they need removed based on that. All of those uh, have limitations. Um, so it's a big challenge. I think mm. it, it's, it's not just a challenge for Facebook, it's a challenge for social media platforms across the board. I mean, Twitter has had to face a similar issue. You know, in the similar, do, our, do, our do, do governments have any role to play? In uh, and yeah. or, or, or hold meter obviously the, co- the Facebook company to account or, yeah. or, or you know uh. yes it, they do however this is not um, uh, you know it's not the same across the world so the Europeans tend to be very effective um, you know this is why also this particular lawsuit is, 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 is significant you know in the African continent the, the uh, you know governments tend to be less powerful to enforce social platforms to, to act. But mm. in Europe, uh, you know, this is a norm. Uh, Google, uh, Twitter, they've been sued before, um, and at times having to pay for, 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 for wrongdoings on these social platforms. So it, I think this particular lawsuit is quite significant because it's not something that tends to happen in the African continent. Mm. It's going to be interesting to watch uh, is, is so, so the, the the these two Ethiopian researchers and the Kenyan rights group that are suing yeah. uh, Facebook, the, this move is very important uh, in in yeah. highlighting, as they yeah. say that uh, you know uh, Facebook does not respond to complaints yeah. from the continent as it would Thank from you. the West. Yeah, you know, if you, if I may, just make an example. In South Africa, we've got a law that looks after data. We've got an information regulator. Mm. You know, there are instances where the information regulator has communicated with with Facebook, and they just get ignored. You know, um, on on issues that they've been raised. So this has been the trend, and I and I think uh, uh, reaching this point will set a, a very important precedent going forward as far as how social platforms react to African government and African information regulate. How, how has Facebook responded to 
uh, we, you know, would, would complaints to Facebook reach lawsuit level or have they responded to even lesser kind of complaints successfully, you know? Um, no, uh, you know, it, it's been a challenge. Um, you know, in some instances they do, but I don't think they respond in a similar manner as they, as they do in Europe. Um, you know, there was a point in time when social media platforms were called in front of Congress, for instance, mm. in the US. So, so, so we've never had, like, for instance, South Africa, you know, a, an entity like a Facebook appearing in front of the Parliament of South Africa to respond on issues that have happened and raised by the South African government. So, so that's why I think this is quite interesting for me. I think, uh, and this is how it should be. You know, uh, social media platforms ought to be accountable for the type of content that uh, is shared on this platform. There is so much hate speech and incitement Mm -hmm. of violence uh, that's going on on these platforms that uh, um, really, unless uh, the company itself has has rules that they enforce, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, all this will, will just continue. As yeah. you know, as as yeah. as we know it to be, uh, talking about platforms, uh, Mr. Elon Musk, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter and free speech. What's the latest mm. from there, Mr. Free Speech? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, that's another interesting one. Uh, very much, uh, I would say, theme of the year, if you want. So mm. maybe a little bit of background there as well is that Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk. Yeah. And as part of the process of taking over the company, he's been cleaning the company, as he puts it. Um, part one is his five people, but recently... Uh, this is the latest development. He's released what is called on Twitter, Twitter Files. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, and the Twitter Files are essentially um, communication between Twitter before he, be, he, he, he took he, over he the He took company. over, yes. Exactly. So these are emails between um, executives. Um, for instance, at a point of deciding to fire Trump or to, to get rid of Trump on Twitter, there, were, there was a communication between Twitter executives as to what to do, at what point to fire him, and all those kind of things. Um, there was a point at which there was information about the son of President Biden, um, and, and, and uh, there was a decision, for instance, to, to remove some content about him on Twitter. So what, is, what, what Elon Musk has done is, is to release these files uh, you know, in, in trench, so he's released uh, Twitter files one, two, three. I think we are currently at four, mm. and and, and uh, it's been mind blowing what has been happening. And and maybe if I can just uh, highlight one thing that comes out of these files is that uh, you know at least the U.S. government has been you know uh, very close to Twitter that I'm going to call Twitter one point one point zero mm. as far as influencing the kind of information that the public gets to see on Twitter. So so, so there's this particular period um, during the elections in the U.S., and there are instances where some information would have been negative towards, let's say, the Democrats, uh, and, and the, 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 the Twitter executives have been in discussions with U.S. authorities about what to not reveal and all those kind of things. So it, 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 it speaks to censorship to some extent. Yeah. Um, of, course, of course, governments have to be concerned about what gets to be revealed, but what we've seen so far is concerning, and, and 
I think September government across the, the world, uh, you know, or if the citizens and, and, and the public were to be concerned about how social media platforms interact with government in as far as the information that we see, because we all assume that nothing really is sinister, but it turns out that uh, it's not uh, as we know it. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, Wesley, it's, uh, it is known that a lot of government, governments collude with you know, media and probably these platforms to, yeah. uh, you know, uh, censor information that is quite uh, sensitive. And yeah. you are right. We, we we don't know who to trust and whether what we are seeing or we are reading is, uh, is what we should be knowing or there's more. Yeah. Uh, I want to take a break. And when we come back, uh, just continuing on uh, uh, Mr. Free Speech, uh, who has obviously uh, delivered on his promise to enable free speech on Twitter as to, you know, the impact of opening these files mm. and what it will have on users and, uh, you know, and also the information that is going to be going to be revealed. We'll be, we'll be back and continue with that. I mean, conversation with Leslie Dipuku, editor-at-large at Fast Company, uh, South Africa. It's our tech conversation for tonight. Tech conversations with me in November, sitting in for Ayabonga Kawe on uh, Metro FM Talk. And uh, tech conversations are uh, this evening are with Wesley Dupoko, editor in large, at large at Fast Company South Africa. You know, when. Um, Leslie, when uh, this chap came in, uh, he, everybody was like, oh no, Twitter's going to fall. I'm quitting Twitter. This is going to be a mess. And a lot of media companies were saying, yo, now, you know, we're trying to test, you know, give information that is researched and, you know, with honorable reporters. Now we... There's just going to be a mess. You know, yeah. people are going to quit Twitter. Mara, yeah, they are. They are still here. Yeah. No, no, I, I think uh, those were those, those exaggerated. I think, um, you know, there's two things about Twitter that we ought to understand. There's an engineering part to Twitter, and then there's uh, the content part to Twitter, mm, and mm. let's say the moderation, content moderation part to Twitter. The easy part for Elon Musk is the engineering part. That in, in other words, he, he, there's no shortage of computer scientists that we can deploy to Twitter to to make Twitter great and to keep Twitter running. So it's not that because a lot of people left, uh, whether they are fired or left uh, on their own volition, mm-hmm. there's a challenge. So tweet, uh, Elon Musk has a massive. You know, he probably is one company, or his company, he's got a lot of engineers at SpaceX and Tesla, and all these people, uh, you know, to the, Twitter is one of the easiest things they can deal with from an engineering point of view. So, so, so that is why Twitter is still alive. Of course, um, you know, you know, having to deal with a new code or the, the, the Twitter code maybe could have presented challenges and not knowing legacy issues, but uh, it doesn't take too long for them to know exactly how to work around Twitter. And 
And I must admit that I've seen certain bugs and, 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 and issues with, with Kira with the new management, mm. but those are minor compared to you know the the, the people who are saying Twitter is going to fall down. Um, so that's what's going to happen. What is, however, uh, a kind of concerning is the you know we spoke about Facebook earlier on. Yeah. So what he's almost enabling how are these voices that were almost uh, muffled. Mm. Exactly. So 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 what we wonder what will happen going forward in as far as, you know, what will be said on Twitter. I mean you remember there was this concern that uh, President Donald Trump was influenced uh people to 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 too much to the white to, to yes to to the White House. Yes. Or just to the government offices, you know and, in and, Washington, uh, yes. Exactly, Washington. And that, people say, happened partly because he could use Twitter, and that's part of the reasons why he was uh, he was uh, removed. Mm. Now, you can imagine that it's a larger scale. Um, you know, you can think of any other government. You can think of people that would like to. I mean, one of them was Kanye West, uh, what he said about the Jews. So all of those things, he's kind of allowed, and, and he's trying to... To, to maybe stop something, but it's difficult. I mean, he, as an individual, because sometimes he tends to make these decisions as an individual. You know, he, he doesn't have committees. He's, he's, he's removed all of those all those content moderation councils that were there, although he would like to set up one. But the point is that um, that's a part that is betting with. Um, but, uh, you know, as you are saying, the, the, the computer... Uh, engineering, the software engineering part of it, that, that's not a problem for for you. But at the end of the day, you know, as much as uh, he's revealing these files and mm. saying and, and and indicating to us there's that there has always been more at play that was taking place behind the scenes yeah. uh, of these platforms. What could stop us from thinking he's also doing the same? He's playing us, you know. What what new rules of engagement is he going is he going to come up with yeah. that will make sure that uh, he's not influenced? He's he he also has his people that he yes. he wants to protect at the end of the day. Yeah, we, yeah. you could tell from al- uh, the algorithms that happen that mm-hmm. you know what is brought to me. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and and you know, you touch on a very interesting point because I mean, I, I can't remember. I don't know whether it was. I think it is this week. Uh, uh, he was booed at some event, mm. and that video you will not see it on Twitter. Uh, you see, for, <laughs> so there's, there's that, and 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 I think uh, you know, Timba, uh, there's there's a bigger challenge uh, about Twitter, and that is a media entity, for instance, is governed by regulations. Standards that says a media company cannot do ABC. Mm-hmm. Twitter does not have that kind of limitation because it's not considered a media company in terms of the US. That's world. why he wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that uh, sort of uh, you know uh, freedom if you want. So, so um, you know, that's a bigger challenge that I think society has, and and maybe there's a need to change those. Uh, to start viewing or to start treating these platforms differently because they do have a role that they play that is very close to what media companies are playing. Are playing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's leave it there for now. In the last minutes that are left, please quickly let's focus on uh, 
the story of uh, the UCT starting its own online high school. And it mm. seems like there are big problems uh, taking yeah, place there. Yeah, what's, what's going on there? So that, that's an interesting one. I think maybe quickly to make a point about this. That So UCT started this online high school, which is a great thing. But mm-hmm. what's important to, to note is that what is behind this online high school is a company called Valencia Institute. So essentially they provide the technology. So, um, so it's been great. I mean, it's been the first year. It's, I mean, it's been positive and all those kind of things. However, there are challenges, like in any other uh, tech process. And one of those challenges, as you've discussed with Kira, tend to be these um, domain issues. And in this case, there's concerns about how uh, learners are treated um, in as far as supporting them, a marking of, uh, you know, scripts, for instance, or academic uh, papers, mm. there's, there's concerns there. And I think, you know, what, I've, what, I've, what, what, what I learned from this is that naturally in technology development projects, there is a, a process of learning in South Africa where still at, the, at an infant stage in as far as enabling schools to be online. Now, mm. naturally, there will be things that go wrong. But the terrible thing here is that these mistakes happen to young people who, who cannot be affected by such uh, issues. So, um, I mean, the company has admitted that uh, there, there are limitations to what they've done. But uh, I think um, as, as a, as a, as a, the education uh, uh, sector ought to look at this Look at this from a point of view of we will have online high schools and what should govern them, because that's where the issue is, is that um, there, there are no clear guidelines as to how online high schools ought to be conducted. So, but generally, I mean, online high schools are great things, but I think this in this case we are learning that uh, there's some there's some things that we need to watch to make sure that you know young people are not guinea uh, pigs of tech development projects that if they fail, they affect them in a, in a negative way. Yeah, Leslie, I want us to uh, take a break and continue, but more uh, focusing now on the impact of uh, this online UCT uh, high school on what the students. Uh, have we heard on whether or not they feel it, it this works for them? And how has this been operating, these online schools been operating under this, the economic situation we are in where there's load shedding and there's, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and the costs of uh, those online, the online schooling and uh, the teachers that have to uh, do the teaching, you know, uh, you know all yes. that. Yeah. yeah. When we come back. Tech Conversations on Metro FM with Leslie Dipuku. Uh, Wesley, before the break, uh, you know, we're, we're talking the online UT, UCT high school and uh, challenges it might be facing, might be facing, is facing, or will face. I don't know. But I, I also wanted to also look at it on a broader, um, you know, uh, level as any, yeah. any online uh, high schools it's uh, beginning, uh, you know, January, people uh, people have to make decisions as to where yeah. their kids are going. 
Are they happy with the schooling system as it is since uh, COVID, you know, uh, is now over? Or are they continuing with online schooling? Is online schooling actually working? Or that teacher-student engagement, is it still very crucial? And does it happen with online schooling? Yeah, so, you, you know, I think it's important to maybe make a point that not everyone will choose online high school. Mm. So there are young people who maybe because of health, they cannot go to a traditional school. Yes. You know, so and, and, and maybe parents decide that they will, uh, you know, let's say do homeschooling or in this, in this case, online high school. So... It's important to know that you know these these schools close a critical gap, um, you know that that ought to be taken care of. So, however, the, the challenges with online high schools, as we've seen so far, is that let's take the the case of teachers. Um, not all teachers are let's say trained to participate in an online high school. Aha, uh-huh. it does take a yeah. particular skill. Yeah. And, and and the critical thing here is that, you know, in the process of training teachers, they were not trained to be assigned to online high schools because it's a new thing in our context. So these schools also struggle to get those teachers. So that's one of the challenges. Mm. Um, and, and another key challenge is that uh, young people, naturally, they do well when they interact with others. Um, you know, they, so if you're going to assign, you know, a young person to this online high school, there's a need for support. Whether it be when they are unable to do something, then there's a need for that assistance. So these schools, they 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 provide those uh, sort of support mechanisms, or they ought to be providing that. And sometimes, I mean, we've seen, you know, sometimes you 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 on an e-commerce uh, platform or you do something online, the support is not always there. Mm. And I think the challenge is that um, these things are imperfect and the, the imperfection does affect young people. And in this case that we spoke about, parents are complaining about how the treatment essentially uh, of, of, of learners in, in, in this platform is that it's as if what they, they, they were told they will get, they haven't they haven't got uh, got it so exactly. uh, yes because then uh, you know also on reading this particular story there's some of the complaints were also mm-hmm. regarding the fact that it looked like the school was more interested in getting as many students so they can yeah. get the money more yeah. than the service of yeah. what uh, was promised for yeah. instance some of the teachers actually saying I don't even know my students. The only yeah. ones I know are those who've actually reached out to me. So that yeah. personal interaction between a student and even getting to know a student and maybe understanding why they have challenges in that particular area of the subject matter. You know, those yeah. kind of yeah. details. Exactly. And those, you know, uh, and those are uh, expected. I think uh, and the, 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 the broader point I was making earlier on is that Innovation by its nature will lend us into this situation mm-hmm. where um, you are not, we can have a dream of what an online learning would mean for a high school. That's fine. 
But to do it practically, there will be teething problems. And I think yeah. this is what's happening here. Do you think um, it's a, it's a good it's 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 uh, something that we should adopt and incorporate into the future of our education, and it would become mainstream eventually? Yeah, most most definitely. I think I've I've argued in the past that uh, we, uh, whether it be high schools or higher living institutions, we are not going to have enough buildings to accommodate everyone. Everyone in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I've indicated already that the circumstances can lead one to choose a different type of school, you know, and, and therefore we need to cater for that. Um, so most definitely we will need online high schools. Um, however, they will need support. I mean, one of the things is connectivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's, some places like rural areas and there's a challenge with connectivity. Yes, so and, the, and that al- already discriminates because mm. of those kind of resources that are not exactly. there. Exactly. We, we're going to have to wrap it up and leave it there. And uh, thank you very much, Wesley. Uh, obviously giving us some food for thought for those yeah. who've got uh, kids that have to go to school and make a decision. Yeah. Uh, whether it's so. the decision is in the pocket of how much it costs online or just ordinary schooling. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks, Tatumba. That's uh, Wesley Dipuku, editor at large at uh, First Company, South Africa. Um, I'm almost out of here, but uh, she's here because. She-